right, all right, all right, all right. I am not Owen Wilson, or is that Owen Wilson that says that, or is that no, the that, other guy Matthew that Matthew McConaughey? I get Matthew McConaughey and Owen Wilson mixed up almost on a daily no, basis. Owen Wilson is one that says wow all the time. Wow. Wow. I hadn't seen Wedding Crashers before a couple weeks ago. That movie is both hyster- uh, hysterical, but it's also really, really, really deep. It's like, it's deep. It, it got to me a little it's bit. It's been I forever since I actually seen Wedding Crashers. I recommend it. I recommend it to all our listeners. Speaking of crashing weddings, how you doing, Jordan? When have I ever crashed a wedding? I don't know. It just sounded like sounded good at the time. Well, you know, it's we have a match coming up. We do have a match coming up, but first we got to intro the show. So I guess I'll go and say that because we have a match coming up, we are bringing you an emergency pre-match broadcast just two days removed from our return to the field. This is American Soccer Broadcast and being brought to you on a special Sunday broadcast. I'm Alex Ryder and I am I am joined by a man who bleeds rave green whenever he gets a cut. Jordan Hawkins. That has caused more sadness for me in the past few weeks than I'd like to admit. But anyway, I mean, to be fair, you guys have done your best when you start out horribly, and that's been something that we in Orlando have been saying. It, it's because... our trend. We we start out horribly the first half of the season, and we get some kind of pickup. And for Fire your our... coach in the process. Hire, and, hiring you know. a coach in the process, picking up Nicholas Ladero. I mean, we've done this countless times before in the past when we pick up players like Dempsey or Obafemi Martins and Zlatan. Oh wait, he no, went to LA. No, no. Uh, can we not talk about that? I, I we have to at least mention the flat <sighs> fact that Zlatan left your favorite Premier League club, Manchester United, and went to your least favorite MLS club. That's the are equivalent. they my, my least favorite? Yeah, they. I I honestly think you hate LA Galaxy more than you hate Portland. I would be. Willing to bet that in your soul, that is how you feel. He's thinking about it. I I am thinking about it. I, I, I hate the club more than I hate... In terms of the club or organization itself, yes, LA is worse. But as far as fans... <laughs> this is true. This is true. But, but yeah, I, 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 have welcome. Mad, I have mad respect for the Timbers Army and their TIFOs. This is true. But yeah. Shout out to Zlatan. Welcome to the our shores. I'm sure we will see him in the first reiteration. I mean, the rebirth of the L.A. of the Los Angeles Derby this coming weekend. So, should be fun. It'll be entertaining one way or the other. He yeah, took out a full. Just... He took out a full page ad in in the L.A. newspaper. L.A. Times saying, saying you're welcome. So, is is this, I guess they're just switching up from hiring old British guys to hiring old Swedish guys. Yeah, apparently. Steven Gerrard didn't exactly work out, which, and now he's going to end up being the coach of Liverpool eventually, but 
Who knows? So, welcome to MLS Slatan. It'll be interesting. Like Jordan said, we got a match coming up. Because we have suffered through the international break with no soccer, and it's kind of disheartening. I didn't even watch a USL game this weekend. There was no soccer on my docket this weekend. It makes me sad. I watched a USL game. Which one? In the 11th's first ever game in the USL. Oh, yep, 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 yep. It was on the road to Richmond Kickers. It was a one nothing win. Well... Uh, then you you watch more soccer this weekend than I did. The only thing I found entertaining about soccer is the fa- is two things: uh, the NWSL kicked off, and the my pride tied with the newcomer Utah Royals one one to one, and they had more people at their stadium than the Columbus Crew did. And both of those games together still had less attendance than the first-ever home Nashville match at Nissan Stadium. 19,000 people. Of course, since FC Cincinnati fans are like, oh, that's nothing. But we'll find out about that soon enough with the rumors of their announcement to be just weeks away. We'll see what happens. We will indeed. So, Jordan... You want to you want to read the people off this this beautiful beautiful lineup we got. Of and course, then we can, and uh, then we can make our 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 jokes at the end. I think we should start with goalies and end with strikers and end with one player in particular because he's who we're going to talk about most of the time. Oh yes. Uh, from what I can see, it's basically the same thing as. Uh, from what we saw against uh, Bosnia, a lot of young guys with a few mic- few older guys mixed in. Uh, we, I guess you can call veterans? Apparently uh, DeAndre Yedlin is now a veteran, which is an insane sentence that I never thought I would utter. The same thing with Darlington Nagby. Yeah, and Bobby Wood. I'm just happy Bobby Wood's healthy again. Uh, starting with the keepers, uh, same trio as we saw against Bosnia. Uh, Alex Bono from Toronto, Bill Hamid, and Zach Steffen. I- I'm going to make a bold claim right off the bat. I don't think we see Bill Ma- Hamid at all. Really? I think he just got called up to give him a cap, but he doesn't actually get on the field. Because we need to get Alex Bono out there. I think Alex Bono actually starts this match. And then Zach Steffen comes on the second. Yep. Okay. Uh, moving to the defenders. Uh, we got Cameron Carter-Vickers from Ipswichstown. Eric Lehod from Nottingham. Wait, 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 wait. When did he get loaned uh, from Tottenham again? Did that happen recently? I believe he's on loan. But did that happen recently? Because last I knew, he was with Tottenham proper. Nope. Huh. Today I learned. I believe he's on loan at Ipswich Town. Got it. Uh, anyway, we got Eric Lehodge from Nottingham, Matt Miazga, uh, Shaq Moore from Levante, uh, Eric Palmer-Brown, 
Anthony Robinson from Bolt Wanderers, George Viafania, and DeAndre Yedlin. I also think it's a very good chance we see DeAndre Yedlin wear the armband. I can see that. If nothing else, because of his caps. Yep. Uh, moving to defenders. Tyler Adams. Uh, Marquis Delgado from Toronto. Kakota Mane. Who's with Pachuca now? He he was actually added uh, after the fact. Yep. You and I were talking about that earlier. He came to Pachuca via, what was it, four years in MLS with Vancouver and Columbus? Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, uh, Weston McKinney from Schalke, Darlington Nabby, Christian Rodan, Kenny Saif, Will Trapp, and my kingdom, my kingdom for a cap, Timothy Way. If they don't start Timothy Way, hashtag do you know the way, they are completely screwing up. I also don't understand why he's labeled as a midfielder in this lineup. It makes no sense. Are they going to play him as a number 10? Or are they going to play him as a center forward? I could see them playing him as a central attacking midfielder. Ay, ay, ay. I, 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 I don't know how to feel about this, especially considering the forwards we're putting up there. Like, Bobby Wood. In fact, Bobby Wood is one of three, four players on this lineup, five players, that has ever scored for the U.S. Eric Lehigh. Um, uh, I got to Eric Lehigh, Darlington Nagby, Weston McKinney, and Bobby Wood are the only and, ones that have Miazga. ever scored. Oh, thank you. Have ever scored for the U.S. And Bobby Wood, all of those other ones were one goal apiece. Bobby Wood has 10. So it's a good chance he wears the armband too. The difference between this lineup and the lineup we saw during Camp Cupcake, what is it, Jordan? What, what What's the difference? European-based players. In spades. A lot of European-based players. I mean, how, which how, many, is, how many of these players are are playing in MLS right now? It would appear only four. You got Alex Bono, Zach Steffen, Darlington Nabby, and Christian Roldan. Uh, five. Will Trap as well. Oh, and apparently... I keep getting Tyler Adams mixed up. Tyler Adams is still playing for New York Red Bulls. And and Christian, did you say Christian Roldan? Yeah, but I missed Mark Delgado. Yeah. So you've got you've got seven MLS players, but still seven out of twenty three. You've and you don't even have like a ton of um, you don't have a ton of English based players. There are quite a few players just from all over the place. And you can't even claim a German bias either. So I like, I actually like this lineup more than I like the January lineup. But I also think this is in many ways, the European camp cupcake because you're bringing in a lot of new, yeah, new you're players. Bringing a lot of players who do not have any caps with the national team. It's very clear. This is another big scouting trip which I am perfectly okay with. 
considering and every match we play between now and summer of 2019 is basically completely pointless. Yeah, this is basically your scouting tour. And we're not going to see a all-out A-team until, like you said, those games in the summer, those games next summer. Well, and even then, with those games next summer, it's, we're going to, at many times, we're going to have to field a lot of different players because as of right now, we're going to be in three competitions next year. We're going to be in the Gold Cup, which we have to win. That's not an option. We have mm-hmm. to win the Gold yep. Cup because I can't take another CONCACAF Cup playoff in the end of the year. That would kill me. We and we also, are in the Copa America. We are also apparently going to be invited to the Copa America along with Mexico. Which I, I I said it very early on in this in this podcast's history that that was a must. That in order for us to move forward and to start the twenty twenty two cycle right, we needed to compete. And we need in to play the, more competitive matches. Yep. And hopefully that's what the Nations League does. Yeah, with the Nations first matches of the Nations League occurring in the fall of 2019. So this is in many ways, I I, I suspect that many of these players, I'm not going to offer any real insight into even who's going to start because I honest to God don't think they're going to know until a couple hours before. That, that that there hasn't been real discussions in practice, that they're honestly evaluating these pray, players and seeing if they are worth it. The only one I would like to see start is Timothy Way, if nothing else, just to cap him. Mm-hmm. Because Paris Saint-Germain is not a club to shake a stick at. No. You, that's they're, a, that's they're a prestigious a super club. Super where he has, in many ways, been filling in, filling a small void. In some small ways, the void left by Neymar's injury. Yep. So, cap Timothy Way, prepare ye the way. Let this be known as the first time he comes on the field before he wins the 2026 World Cup with his co-captain, Christian Pulisic. Who... Not on this lineup. What do you think? I can I can kind of see this as giving him a break almost. I can see that. It seems like a break, but it also almost seems like sort of a he needs to. I read a couple of places where there's been talk that they want him to actually earn his way back into the team, which I found interesting. It it, and I can see that as well. It's not letting him be complacent not letting make him more hungry for 2022 so that when he comes and plays for us next summer and next fall he's just, he's, he's, not, he's not just gonna phone it in well in, in many in many ways we might even be seeing a very two di- very different squads in those two competitions it's very possible that for the Gold Cup, we'll see the January uh, more players from the January 
than we will in the Copa America. I honestly think that we'll send a better club to Copa America than we will to the Gold Cup, which is well, yeah, that's not how that, it should be. But I mean, you have it's a much heavier competition, and we want to test heavier heavier players there, but. At the same time, we don't want to wear players out for two months. It's not like we're going to see players like Christian Pulisic play for two months in a row for the that, U.S. I mean, that, that's, that's asking too much. I think we'll see a couple of players that'll do both, but those will be players that aren't starting constantly. No. I mean, they're, they're not going to start every single game that summer. Especially with this tournament being back in Brazil. So, I think it's a good lineup. I'm looking forward to this match. I think this match is going to be a big statement about... About basically completing the scouting trip of players. And then to maybe... These will be a lot of the names we see over the next nine months. Just combined with players from the other list. And that'll tell us, okay, who do we want for the Gold Cup? Who do we want for the Copa America? Because Sarakin is basically, I think he's doing the national team a good service by evaluating new players and not relying on old players. Yes. Because that slot that we say, oh, it's not taken up by Christian. Because obviously. Good. It's not. It's not taken by Christian I mean, Pulisic. We need him out. We need him out there, but we also know that he's going to produce, and it would be better to give him a rest. And you it's, can't rely entirely on Christian Pulisic. Exactly, which it's, is why, like, if anything, he needs to be the thing that comes in later. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It's like we we tried to rely on. Dempsey and Altidore in the 2014 World Cup, and we all know how that happened. Yeah, and it it's it's very clear we're not going to be doing a multi-striker formation. So I mean, that helps I, I, too. At most, we're probably going to do like a four-two-three-one. I can see. Yeah. So we shall see. It it it, it is worth noting before we kind of move on to the ladies, it, that this match is being played at a USL stadium. Mm-hmm. And North it's Carolina. going to sell out. Oh, yeah. Nor- this is the home of North Carolina Football Club of the USL. And the courage of the NWSL. Having that, Having this played at a... USL Stadium is a big statement for not only for USL, but for US soccer. It's a big, we see the grassroots. And this gives me hope that one day you might even see them play a meaningless friendly at a USL D3 stadium or a women's game at a U. You'll definitely see a, even like a She Believes Cup but based in the state of Florida. It's not like I'm pipe dreaming here or anything. But yeah, the game will be taking place in 
WakeMed Soccer Park in Cary, North Carolina. Only seats 10,000 people. So, yeah, that should be exciting. We will be tweeting about that all all match long, and we will talk about the results on the next episode. Bingo. Want to talk about the ladies a little bit? Let's talk about the ladies. They're playing Mexico, home and away. Yep. That is essentially what's going to happen. Let's be honest. Jacksonville's a home game. Houston's an away game. Did you see the friendlies that took place in Mexico in from Mexican teams that played in Texas this week? No. Multiple. I, I don't remember which teams, but there were multiple traveling support that went to these stadiums and basically packed them in Houston. It was actually quite the sight to see. So, these games take place April 5th and 8th, respectively. Ultimately, a preparation for the upcoming CONCACAF qualification cycle for the 2019 World Cup. And No sleep till much, France. And as much as I want to say, no sleep till France, I do think we need to get this done, if nothing else, because of little bit of whiplash that U.S. soccer fans have experienced over the past six months. And again, they can't, obviously they can't just phone this in. No. No phoning it in. Because that's what happened when, I believe that's what happened when, happened to the men when they went down to Trinidad and Tobago. Yep. Well, we, it'll be fun. It'll be if nothing else, this this is definitely a lineup um, that is showing that we're ready. We've basically got our lineup set for the 2019 World Cup. I don't think this lineup is going to change very much. I think that these are the players we're going to see in France when when we get to France. So, any other thoughts on the this lineup or these matches? I think that. I think there's not really yeah, much to talk it's, about, it's pretty, honestly. I mean, it's pretty standard. You have, obviously, Alex Morgan, Mallory Pugh, uh, Megan Rapino, My girl, Ashlyn Harris. Yeah, Ashlyn Harris, Crystal Dunn, Carly Lloyd, uh, Becky, Becky Sauerbrunn, Kelly O'Hara. It, I mean, it's it's pretty standard. Looking forward to that and looking forward to seeing the ladies qualify through CONCACAF later this year. Any other any other women's talk or do you want to jump into a little bit of expansion news? Let's do expansion news. Um, the USL, as we discussed on the last show, did in fact announce their third... Um, market for the USL Division 3, and that was Greenville, South Carolina. An unnamed club will be added to Greenville, South Carolina starting to begin play in the 2019 season. It's interesting because Greenville already has a club, but it's an MPSL club. So why not just name this club like they have in naming 
MPDL clubs to the D3? Because MPSL and USL don't get along very well. That is true. This is, this is why, for in your example, Lansing United left MPSL after their last last season and joined the PDL because they want to put themselves in better standing to either join the USL D3 in 2019 or 2020, depending on how they want to do that, or to eventually join in when they do promotion relegation between PDL, USL D3, and USL proper. Either way, it looks like the path is going to be through USL and that MPSL is either going to be stuck in a non-professional role or they're going to go the way of NASL. I don't think they will go the way of NASL, but I do think that their lack of a relationship with USL is going to be a little bit of a pain point going forward. Yeah, that's it, it, that lack of relationship may be it what ends up causing MPSL to go by the wayside. I hate to say that, but because you have a lot of strong clubs in the NPSL, uh, namely Kingston Stockade, uh, Detroit City. Both clubs that will actually be participating in the Open Cup that we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah, um, those are clubs. Detroit City, I'm trying to think of, I mean, Naples United. We've got a local MPSL club that barely draws 100 people a game because they aren't promoted anywhere, and no one knows that they play at the local high school. But they exist, and they they do a lot of local clinics that they don't advertise very well, but it goes to show that they're working more on a product for training players than they are for actually creating a business around it. Whereas it's been very clear that USL PDL and USL want to do both at the same time. They want to make money while also creating an experience that fans can enjoy and creating players that can move up through the ranks and be bought by MLS clubs. Mm -hmm. It's a little unfortunate to see that a lot of clubs will just wait for USL contracts to expire, but I I, I think that's a conversation for down the road. So congrats to Greenville. They will definitely be enjoying that with their new state the new stadium they will be building as well. Um, speaking of soccer competition in America, uh, that's a horrible, horrible segue, but it was worth a try. Um, Jordan, the magic of the cup. The magic of the U.S. Open Cup, our very own FA Cup. FA no Cup, I guess about. you could say. I mean, I didn't want to... Didn't want to say it, but I wanted to say it. I, I and I said it um, in my one of my writers' takes on Orlando Lions Den that it is central 
for clubs that need to prove themselves, such as Orlando City, to go deep in these competitions. If Orlando City doesn't win a match in this competition again this year, like we've struggled with the past two years against lower division clubs, there's going to be a problem. We actually fired Adrian Heath after a loss in the Open Cup. And on, and on the inverse, it's, I mean, look how much of a name Cincinnati made for themselves on they their basic. Run. They basically, exactly, they basically earned promotion through the U.S. Open Cup, as opposed I, to they, they put themselves in the, they forced themselves into the shortlist of this MLS expansion because of their run. And because of their fan base's reaction to their run. Yes. You've got the the most interesting thing about the about this is the lack of the NASL clubs. All the NASL clubs automatically didn't qualify. Because, because there, there there's no league. Because, well, and because of the switch of league. Technically, because because how many teams uh, of how many of those NASL teams went to play in the in, in the NPSL? Three of them, and all three didn't play. And I know Miami FC posted one of those "we didn't qualify where" letters on their website. So it's I mean that's that's your own fault for not having a conversation with USL to have be included either way they would have had they would have had an issue where they would have had to join USL the only reason Indy is able to participate this year is that the competition didn't start between their switch from NASL or to USL because they have rules about that where mm-hmm. if you switch leagues during the competition, you're you're automatically not qualified. Yep. A, a very interesting rule change. They actually upped the prize money a little bit for the winning club from two hundred fifty thousand to three hundred thousand, and the runner-up gets more money. And for each lower division, they get twenty-five thousand instead of fifteen thousand. Mm-hmm. So, um. Another thing, and I'm basically just reading from the press release at this point, but they are allowing some of the under-23 clubs that compete in the PDL of MLS clubs to compete. They're allowing New York Red Bulls under-23, Oklahoma Energy under-23, which is actually a USL club. (laughs) They're allowing the... Portland Timbers under 23 and I don't know how but Reno 1868 FC of USL are allowed to compete even though they're associated with San Jose and they're not permitted to match with each other until the final but it's still fascinating that they're allowed to compete Whereas Atlanta United, Bethlehem Steel, LA Galaxy 2, New York Red Bulls 2, Portland Timbers 2, Real Monarchs, Rio Grande Valley FC Toros, which is an, a 
abysmal name. Seattle Sounders 2 and Swoop Park Rangers are all not allowed to compete Mm -hmm. because of their majority ownership. Yep. Talk to me a little bit specifically about Seattle. I thought they had worked that out. I thought so as well because of because they moved um, Seattle Sounders 2 to Tacoma and yeah, I can't really explain that. But yeah, Magic of the Cup is back. We've got matches coming up in May for the lower divisions. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to that immensely because you can never have too much soccer in this country. Amen. Anything else we need to talk about before we send this this game into the night? We wish all of our fellow soccer fans a blessed evening as they go watch the red, white, and blue at their local American Outlaws bar. Um, can I just say one thing? Of course. Or, or ask one thing? What are the chances we can get Sister Jean to chaplain the U.S. men's national team? <laughs> He's been holding that joke in for three days, folks. He's been holding it in for three days. Not even. You made it yesterday, didn't you? Yes. He's been holding that joke in all day. And the smile on his face is better than a groom on his wedding day. I want Sister Jean to be the chaplain for us in 2019. 2018 is a waste of time for her. But 2019, we need Sister Jean to go around the country with the club for the Gold Cup. Go to Brazil, give her a nice exotic vacation for the Copa America. And we need her to follow us around for the Nations League. Long live Sister Jean. Long live Sister Jean. Let's wine and dine her. A Wine and Dine with Sister Jean. There's your show title. There it is. Well, this has been the American Soccer Broadcast. If you want to get in touch with us, we are on Twitter at ASB Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at the same name, American Soccer Broadcast or ASB Podcast, whichever floats your boat, even though we will not be participating in the Delete Your Facebook because... We need the marketing too much, unlike SpaceX and Elon Musk. I've been Alex Ryder. You can find me at ghost underscore writer on Twitter and Instagram, which is cur- which will be populated heavily with baseball this week because I'm attending not one, not two, but three baseball games this week. And I'm very excited about it because I haven't seen a Cubs game in two years and I'm seeing three in one week. Hey, Alex, so- when's opening day? opening day is thursday night i am not going to opening day i'm going to the day after opening day which is the closest to opening day i have ever been i'm going to the second game in miami we are five days away from professional baseball again in this god blessed country mls is back and major league baseball is back ladies and gentlemen it is summer again amen the crack of the bat, the raw of the crowd. Oh, baseball's back, even though this podcast is about the beautiful game, not America's game. So you can also find me rambling and raving about Fort Myers up and coming per- supporters group, U- USL2 Fort Myers, as we are currently known. We look f- forward to that club 
coming here very soon. And Jordan, talk about yourself. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as J-R-A-Y Hawkins, uh, mainly tweeting about the Red Devils of Manchester United, Seattle Sounders, um, baseball, and occasionally Twitter fighting against Northern Guard supporters. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed tonight's match. If you're listening on the day of, or if you did... If you're especially commendable, we hope you enjoy your Monday. Have a wonderful evening and party on, dudes. Be excellent to each other.